Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to us today. Amen. Thank God today that we can come and worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, What we're going to do now, we're going to move on to our exhortation. I heard that's going to be a a double duo today. Uh, uh, Kay, you can can just leave that mic there. And we're going to let them come up here and do what they do. Amen. Amen. Minister Kay and Minister Nancy. Amen. Jackie got up here and done their thing, and, and, and they were, read, what they read and prayed about was what we need to do. You know, we are to give our body as a living sacrifice, and when we give our body as a living sacrifice and and just do what God wants us to do, we can just have a hallelujah good time. What you say, Nancy? I say that's how hallelujah. hallelujah see, good time. It ain't nothing like praising the Lord. Yes. It ain't nothing like praising Him. You need to yes. thank Him and worship Him on every day, yes. amen. Because the Word says, "Come on, let everything that has breath do what? Praise, praise the Lord. Let us do just that. Hallelujah. If He's done something great for you, which I know He has, if He's done something great for you, you can just shout Hallelujah right Hallelujah. now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Who didn't? Who don't have a roof over their head? Come on, Nancy. So, that some folks don't have food in their belt. Hmm. Some folks don't have clothes on their back. Come on. All right, because it could have been you. It could have been me. Right. But right. God didn't see fit to have it happen to us. Oh, so we're gonna okay. praise God in mm. those things. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. He loved us so much. Yes. He gave us the ultimate. Yes. Sacrifice. Yes. His only begotten Son. So Hallelujah. Somebody better praise Him in this place on the day. About the name of Jesus. You know, we say we call on him when we need him, but why don't you just call on him and just say, Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I praise your name for what you have done for me this far. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. I don't know about y'all, but you yes. know, today, like Pastor said, this is the day that the Lord has made, yes. and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. Yes. So I don't care what you brought in here with you, drop it to the side because we came here to praise the Lord on today. Yes. You know, yes. it's something yes. about the name of Jesus. You know, you just got to call on him anytime. He said, you can call on me anytime you want to. It ain't got to be in front of a crowd. You can call on him when you're at home in your bed and you're going through something. He said, just call on me. I'm right there. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said, it's something about him that we need to tap into. You hear what I'm saying? It's something we need to tap into, and that's Jesus. No matter how big uh, how big you think the storm is in your life, it's something about Jesus. He'll bring you out of that storm. But you know what? We always think our plan is greater than God. But I said, He said our plan is not His plan. He said our ways is not His ways. But it's something about the name of Jesus when you just keep focused and you keep walking through the mess that you think you're going through. Just keep walking, cause He said He'll give you the victory. Hallelujah. 
Yeah. yeah. No matter what it looks like. Yeah. It may not look like what you like. What Kay said. It may not look like what you think it should look like. Right. Mm-hmm. It's gonna right. look like what God needs it to be. He gonna get His glory out the whole. Yes. No matter what. Yeah. No matter what. So you gotta just keep praising Him. And when you praising Him and praying for your friends and family, you never know what they are going through. That they need. They need your prayers. They probably praying for somebody else, and then those people are praying for somebody else. It just everybody needs your prayers and your praise. You just never know how that's going to impact a friend, a family member, yeah. uh, or or a stranger. You just right. never know. Right. And so God will use you in a very mighty way, no matter how big or how small. The small things matter much. Yeah. It matters just as much. So we yeah. got to just keep on praising him yeah. and keep on praying to him and keep on uplifting our brothers and sisters in Christ Amen. and those who need to hear Right. The the good news about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So when you go to a great restaurant, don't you tell everybody, oh, you ought to go back the service is great and this is good and the food is great. Well, yeah. Yeah. I we tell have you ever heard about Jesus? Because he is amazing. Yeah. He's awesome. He done died for you. Hallelujah. He done he loves you much. Yeah. He you know, Come on. I think all those great and wonderful things. We need to share that same good it's just something about when we get up here and we, we give thanks to the Lord and we praise him. You know, we don't know when to sit down. So we have to keep looking, looking around for somebody to do something like that. that. See, now it's time to wrap it up. But I want y'all to know there's a, there's a king that's out here that he said all you got to do is call on him. His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want y'all to have a good time in the service on today. And guess what? As long as you're walking in the truth, you're going to be all right. Amen. All right, all right man. Good morning. Good morning. Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness shining. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us. Shine on me. Shine on me. Shine, Jesus, shine. Father's glory, blaze, spirit, blaze, set our hearts on fire, flow, river, flow, flood the nations with grace and mercy, send forth your word, Lord,
Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. As we gaze on your kingly brightness, so our faces display your likeness, ever changing from glory to glory. Mirrored here, may our lives tell your story. Shine on me, shine on me. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. Let's get close. Yeah, sit in that first row right there. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Shine, Jesus, shine. And we thank God for, for Jesus shining on us today. Amen. It is no light like the light of the Lord that dispels all the darkness. Jesus. Today is, is a special day in, in the sense of we get to come again and learn of him. We get to worship him in spirit and in truth. We get to see what God is trying to say to us today through his word. I thank God for the journey that I've been on. I know that, that, that it's been an interesting journey, a tough journey, an arduous journey. But again, what I will say is that through the journey, I've discovered one thing. Let his word be true. And everybody else's word alive. And I trust in his word. So I thank you for his word. And those who call upon the name of Lord Jesus as their savior. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to know the Lord. I know that you guys are not used to seeing me in clergy wear. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, there was a time where I wore it every Sunday. So today I decided I would go ahead and Amen. put something on that I had, it still had tags on it, amen. Before I get too small or too big, amen. So you never know which way the scale gonna go. 
but uh, right. right, you know, so I said, I can get in this one, so let me put this one on. Amen. <laughs> We're going to continue the series about knowing, having value in the surpassing knowledge of God. And we're still in Philippians, and we're going to go to Philippians, if you can, just for a little while. Uh, verses 8 through 11 will be our main passage, and we will concentrate Philippians 3, verses 8 through 11. I'm sorry. And we will concentrate on verses 8 and 9. Philippians 3, 8 through 11. All right, uh, Nancy, go ahead and read. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Amen. Amen. We see in the continuation of this that Paul, through wanting to attain the surpassing knowledge of Christ. We see in verse 8 that he says, I've lost all things and I count them all as loss to the point that what I had faith in, what I believed in, what I valued as we value our pedigree, our, our position and our power in life, our riches. He said, you know what? In knowing who God is, I count it all as worthless. Today's message goes along those lines. Do we find value in the righteousness of God? Paul understood the knowing of Jesus meant knowing of his holiness, knowing of his righteousness, knowing of his justification. And he basically, he said, I've come to this conclusion. Read verse 9, Nancy. Philippians 3. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So, you know, as we go through our life and, and as we get older, we begin to form these laws in our life. We call them rules, regulations. In everybody's house, in everybody's state, in everybody's country, there are laws. And as we form our own laws in our own homes, in our own minds, we find that the laws that we form tend to negate the fact that we're not perfect. In the fact that we interact in laws or we introduce laws into our family, what it does is set up these rules that should not be broken, but are often broken. Can I get an amen on that one? Because sometimes if you know if your parents set a rule, you're going to break it. Amen. I experimented with putting a sign on my yard at one time that said get off the grass and everybody walked on the grass because it's something in us that we are sinners and we want to break rules. Paul was a righteous man according to the law. He said according to zeal I persecuted the church and according to the law I was blameless. A Pharisee of Pharisee 
born on the eighth day. I mean, uh, 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 circumcised on the eighth day, born of Hebrews and Hebrews. He had everything to count on, but he didn't have God. Because he came to God with his righteousness. See, the, the, the issue is when we come to God, how much of our righteousness do we come with God? And it normally falls within religious parameters. But anything that falls within religious parameters is subject to the man who formed them. Meaning that everybody in this room has religious practices and religious laws. It might be something that on Sunday you decide to wear a certain outfit or a certain pair of shoes and you feel that the law has been broken when you don't put these things on your church clothes. Right. Or when you walk in, you have to have a certain greeting that you only do on Sunday. And if you don't do that greeting, the law has been broken. But with come law comes self-esteem, selfishness, self-admiration. And Paul said, with all the self that I have, when I got to know Jesus and his righteousness, I counted all as nothing. Can you imagine training all your life to be somebody and then you meet God and he said, you ain't nobody without me. <laughs> Some of us do the same thing. We spend all our time in religious institutions and if somebody asks you about salvation, you'll give the roll call of who you're associated with. You'll give the churches that you've been in and you will tell how well your family's established in the church. But I didn't ask you about the church. I asked you about your salvation. See, self-righteous people always start off with the external and never talk about the internal. They will always give you these measuring sticks. And if you notice what they give you, they give you something that they, that you can't get up to. It's always higher than you. Oh, well, you went to two churches. I've only been to one and I've been in the one pastor for 30 years. So I'm better than you. My self-righteousness makes me better than you. And self-righteousness breeds contempt. Our self-righteousness will bring despair. Because since it's monitored and subjected to the person who, who, who displays these things, then if you notice with people who are self-righteous, the goalpost is always changing. You meet them at one post, they'll say, no, you got to go a little further. And Paul was dealing with this when it came to the Judaizers in verses one. I'm not going to have you read that. In the beginning, he starts off talking about rejoicing. The Philippian uh, uh, letter is about rejoicing. But he had to mention in there what stops you from being able to rejoice. The connection to Jesus is how we rejoice in his death, burial and resurrection. We rejoice in that. But there's also these these people called the Judaizers that will come behind Paul. And said, in trusting in the righteousness of God, you need to have a righteousness of your own. And his righteousness plus your righteousness puts you in front of God, have, lets you have a relationship with God. But Paul understood once he had his experience with Jesus that all that was dumb, all that was rubbish. So what he would do was fight those who would come behind him and preach anything other than the gospel of grace. Christ alone, Holy Spirit alone faith alone, the scriptures alone, and he would come and say, look, you don't need a righteousness of your own if you have the righteousness of Christ. And you can't attain the righteousness of Christ with your own righteousness. See, the issue with man is we always want to do something. Yeah. We always want to perform. Yeah. We're in America and America's about performance. Yeah. 
having more, getting more, doing more, looking good, having the best, the shiny, the shimmy, and the shake. That's what it's about in America. But see, when it comes to God, it doesn't make no, make no difference to him how you shine, how you shimmy, and how you shake. Because we're all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We're all born under this pressure of deserving the wrath of God. And when we try to present God with our works, he say, no, that still falls short of my glory. See, we, we, we spend a lot of times trying to manufacture the law in our lives to present to God as if that's an offering to God. Like, God, you lucky because I'm the only one doing this. <laughs> respect my song. Respect my talent. Respect what I do for you in church. Can't you see that my church attendance is bar none better than the next person? And if you always notice, the comparison is always with the next person. And I've seen people who use law unlawfully. This is how I go. The Judaizers will come in and say, you know what, Paul, preaching is good and we believe in Jesus too, but you know there's a little bit more you need to do. And being a Gentile believer, you see these Jews, you know that the law came from the Jews, you know that Paul was a Jew, you figured, okay, you coming behind them like Galatians say, James sent them. And then they come and say, well, the one thing we want you to do is we want you to get circumcised. And they say, well, what you mean? We want you to, to practice the circumcision of the flesh. And, 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 and what they would say is, see, we're circumcised and you need to get circumcised. See, performance. But there's no change in behavior. There's no change of heart. There's only the flesh being circumcised, an outward sign of something that's supposed to happen inwardly. And so many of us spend a lot of times forming our lives about outward manifestations of something that's supposed to happen inwardly. We seek the outward. We seek the fabulous. We seek the obvious. But it's an internal, sublime, subtle thing that God does to us on the inside that helps us live out our lives on the outside in a way that honors him. For his sake. For his sake simply means for his worship, I count it all as nothing. To be able to worship him for his sake, I count it all as dumb. But the Jews all the way back in the Old Testament used to look at this. And, you, and God warned them and said, what I'm doing for you, only I can do. So don't you get the big head because you see an outward manifestation of what I do for you. Don't you begin to think you're better because I did it with the Egyptians. Don't begin to think that you're great because I have favored you. I favored you not because you're so good. Not because you're so great. Not because you're going to do awesome things in my name. But I favored you because I have that prerogative of God to bring blessings and blessings on who I choose. I will have mercy upon, upon whom I will have mercy. So God decided to pick this man to form this nation that would be the nation to which his son would come through that would deliver the world back unto him. But it wasn't because they were special. But just like when God blesses us, we form a law around our being special. We form a law about what he does for us. 
We begin to brag and have self-esteem and self-purpose and know your purpose. And it's all about you and you and see how blessed I am. And then I start saying how much I am. And then I start saying affirmative words about me and myself and I. And while I'm doing that, God gets pushed further and further away from you. And see, Jesus, God knew back in back in the, in the, in the garden and back when he delivered them that the, the, the propensity of you being being a, to the point that you would give yourself the glory versus God the glory is high because you're being blessed what appears to be better than everybody else but see with blessing comes great responsibility so you have to realize that it's not you it's him you got to realize you don't deserve it see that thing you deserve it no you don't You couldn't deserve a thrice holy God unless you came to God in a way and you didn't deserve it. You were still a sinner. But you've been declared by the righteous God to be a saint. Not because of what you do, because what he did. Not because what you say, but what he has said. So in us, there's no good thing. But those of us in Christ, our part of his body, experience Christ even though we're being sanctified through Christ. So let's look at the plight of the Israelites. And we're going to talk about God's imputed righteousness. Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy 9, I believe. Deuteronomy 9. Let me see. Deuteronomy 9. What is it? 5? 4 through 6. Deuteronomy 9, 4 through 6. Amen. Do not say in your heart after the Lord your God has thrust them out before you. It is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me into possess this land. Whereas it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you. Okay. Not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out from before you and that he may confirm the word that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Amen. Did you notice something? He said... Don't you say out of your heart that I've done this for you because of you. I've done this, one, to confirm my word and because they're so wicked. And because they're so wicked, I am going to drive them out before you. But you know what? If you're not careful, you're going to think it's you. You're going to think that you had something to do with this. You're going to think that because I favored you, that you're special. But what God was setting them up to be responsible. He was going to drive them out to show that he was God and very God. But it was not because of them. So he said, don't get it twisted. Don't say in your heart it's because of your righteousness that I did this. Don't say that I did this because I owe you. Because when people set up self-righteousness in their mindset and they deserve, God becomes a debtor to them. So many times I watch saints of God make God a debtor to them as if he owes them something. 
He died for you, but he didn't owe it to you. He died for you because he wanted to establish a relationship with you. He died for you because you couldn't come to him no other way. So how did it be all about you? When did we put the cart before the horse? We ignored Jesus and the resurrection because there's a power in knowing the knowledge, but the power is in understanding the righteousness of God. And the Jews, way back in the Old Testament, were given a warning. Look, don't say it's you. Give me the glory. Don't say it's you. Give me the honor. Don't say it's you. Give me the worship I deserve because I've shown you I was a faithful God because I promised your forefathers. In God's word, there's a promise. But the responsibility as saints of God, as humans being conformed to his image, is to give him the glory. Give him the worship. Give him the honor. In our pulpits today, we spend a lot of time honoring ourselves. We honoring men and ceremonies. And we forget what the ceremonies represent. But the ceremony becomes the high time in the service where it has to happen or if we don't have service, something's wrong. See, that means that you count more on the ceremony than the God of the ceremony. As long as the word of God is given out, what makes a difference if we don't sing? What makes a difference if a church doesn't have programs? When, 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 when I, when our job as saints of God is to give out the word of God to the point that the saints are edified and, and, and God is glorified and someone must want to be saved. We don't create conditions of urgency. We create conditions of comfortability. If I can make you feel warm and fuzzy, then you might give your life to God. But if I point out the impending doom of your sin, the wrath of God that's supposed to be on you, and you decide to reject God, and then you say, well, Lord, if I, if, if, if I can't do it, I go from pride to despair. And the same answer is for both. The one who has pride and gets up to God and realizes they can't do it, is the same person that once they realize they can't do it, they go into deep despair. But we got the one answer. Your pride won't get you in and your despair won't get you in, but Jesus will. See, what he did for you on the cross, he dealt with your pride because you can't do better than him. And he dealt with your despair because he died for you. It's in his death that we see the wrath of God poured out on him that was due for us. And we say, thank you, Jesus. This is a resurrection that Paul said down in the other verses that he obtained this power that, that is only can come from the resurrection. The only power we have is not in our righteousness, not in our justification, but in his. And we spend all this time thinking that any religious activity that we do has a special place with God. But what we have to understand, as good and as pious as they may be, we have to come to God. What it say? His righteousness comes from faith and it comes by faith. 
It's by faith that we believe in what he did at the cross. It's by faith we, we believe in the power of his resurrection. And therefore, by faith, we believe and therefore we're declared as justified in righteousness because he is the justifier of all men since he died for us. It's through his justification that his righteousness is, 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 is realized in each and every saint. It's not of our own making. It's not of the law, but of faith. It's a faith and everybody can have it. And even if a mustard seed, you got it. You got the righteousness of God. So it's faith based upon performance. No, faith is based upon his performance. Well, what if I sin? Does that make God unrighteous? What if I fall short daily? Does that mean that, that, that I am still not the righteousness of God? How dare you judge and you do the same thing? Unrighteous men judge and form their own righteousness and it's based upon performance and levels. And when men do that to other men, they take them away from Jesus. The Judaizers would take the Gentile church and its believers away from Jesus. Just in adding something to faith and grace. Go to Galatians 2, 16 and 17. You're going to see something. Galatians 2, 16 and 17. Galatians 2, 16 and 17. That's all right. All right. Yeah, you can. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Stop right there. You see that? Here we go with this faith again. They were born into it by pedigree and blood. But he says, you know what we concern? See, Paul understood this just like in, 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 he understood in Galatians and in Philippians. We may be born in it, but you can only come in it by faith. You can't come in it by the denomination. You can't come in it by law. It's a matter of faith. Faith in what? His resurrection. That's where the power is. God's wrath was poured on him in his death, but the resurrection was given to him for life and life eternal. For all those who believe in the resurrection, you shall be saved. See, you're chasing the things that don't have any power. Religion, rights, denominations. They don't have any power. That don't raise people from the dead. That doesn't deal with their trespasses and sins. But that resurrection by faith has a way to take somebody who was dead in their sin and trespasses and raise them to life. And then we throw more religion on top of them. We start with the do's and don'ts. And how we perceive you should act because you were saint. Not giving them a chance to grow. Forgot where we came from. And if we have to put religion on somebody to get them to change, win as far as we think we are. You're being self-righteous. Read. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Mm -hmm. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners. 
Is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. Amen. The point I want you to look to with this one is, is your endeavor. But in our endeavor to be righteous, to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners. That's powerful. So in other words, in my endeavor to be righteous, in your endeavor to be righteous, when we, when we took our righteousness and walked up to the throne of grace, it didn't let me in. Pastor Gaston, I, I walked up to him with all my degrees, all my knowledge. Nevertheless, I walked up to him with my street knowledge. I walked up to him with all the secular stuff I could possibly have, including I said I was born into the Sutton family, don't you know? So in my endeavor to come to the throne of grace, and that should have gave me a clue I was coming the wrong way because it's grace. <laughs> Y'all get that later. I'll come to the throne of grace with my works. And I say, look at him. And in my endeavor to do that, in my skillful way to present that, he says, but then when I got there, I was found to be a sinner. <laughs> what I relied on, what I counted on, it only proved that I was a sinner. Some of you are coming just like that in your endeavors. And when you come up to Christ, you are found to be a sinner. So what do you do now? I'm in despair. I didn't come with a, a bag load, a boat load, a truck load, all this stuff to get into heaven, to have a relationship with God. And I'm found to be a sinner. Because by the works of the flesh, no one is justified. Justified could be synonymous with made righteous. I, 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 I can't do it by myself. I can't do it what I got. I can't do it what you got. You can give me some of your endeavors and I can't get in. Just because you know Pastor Sutton don't mean you're going to get in. Just because you know walking truth, you're not going to get in. Because he's looking for good and faithful service. Oh, faithful to what? Faithful to what I did for you, not what you're doing for me. So I begin to think about these things, Pastor. Deacon, I begin to think about these things. I begin to ponder how many of us spend more time trying to get in good with God with our endeavors. It's sad. Because we don't trust God enough to come in by faith. It's a lack of trust. It's a lack of respect. It's a lack of understanding what he did for us. That my imagination would even think that I could come in on back of him and say I'm worthy. Only he is worthy. For a righteous man, one might dare to die. For a good man, one might dare to die. For a righteous man, one might consider that. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't require perfection of performance to die for you. And I'm going to give you a headline. Only sinners who are saved go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Godly people do. Sinners end up in heaven. Why? 
because they believed in the resurrection. For therefore, they are placed out of this world into the body of Christ. And because you're in the body, you come under him. When you go up to him, when I asked y'all a while ago, what would you say? If God asked you why you should come in, do you come with your endeavors? Do you come with your pedigree? Do you come with your money? Or do you come with his blood? Which nothing can be substituted for. And that's why I keep talking about you can't substitute God's blood for a red anything. That's your endeavors. See, we always want to substitute. Faith is so hard. Faith requires that I just throw myself on the mercy of God and say, God, if you don't do it, it ain't going to be done for me. And Jesus said, I did. Do you believe? Thomas had to touch him, feel on him, be proven that, hey, hey, I, I'll believe if I get to see the holes in his hands and I put my hand in his side and see where he would pierce. And he loves you enough to go ahead and grant you that. But he didn't have to. Thomas didn't deserve an audience privately with Jesus. But he loved him enough to say, okay, he's such a fool. Let me go and deal with this fool so the world can see. And after Thomas touched him and handled him, the Bible talks about we no longer handle him by the flesh. After he touched him and handled him, he said, now I believe. And he said, oh, you believe now. You required me to, for you to believe, to touch me, to feel me. But you spent three years with me. You watched all my miracles. That was supposed to lead you to me and trust in me. When I was in the boat and sleeping, you thought you was going to drown. You saw what I did. You saw me heal the man with the withered hand. You saw me give blind, give sight to the blind. You saw these things up close and personal. I even gave you the power to heal people and cast out demons. And you still have doubts? Yeah, because I'm coming with my own imagination and my own endeavors. So I need to see. Think about this. What if Thomas would have saw and still didn't believe? But Thomas said, I believe. And then Jesus said, the best thing for us, blessed is the one who has not seen and believed. What do you believe in? His word. That is sharper than any two-edged sword. His word that cuts us and then builds us back up. It cures the sinful heart. And we find out that our endeavors mean nothing. Go to Romans. I know you don't have it, Sister Brown. Go to Romans uh, uh, 3, verse uh, 21 through 23. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, God just dropped it in my spirit. All have sinned and fall short of God. There's no distinction. There's no partiality with God. It never was. They created a partiality. They created that they were great versus being humble. But it's, it's the circumcision of the heart. Go to Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy 9 and 10. And then go to Deuteronomy 16 
uh, Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 9 and 6. No, 30 and 6, I'm sorry. And Deuteronomy 10, 16 and 17. We're going to talk about the heart. Deuteronomy 30 and 6. 30, uh, 30 and 6, yep. Okay. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Life is in him circumcising the heart. Hmm. Not in you. It's in him. Go to 30. I mean, I'm sorry. Go to 10, 17, 10, 16, and 17. Let's just see what he says about the heart. Are you seeing the pattern of God? It's his circumcision, his righteousness, his doing a work in you that you may live. Not you showing that you deserve it. They didn't deserve it when he ran them out of the land and they don't deserve it now because he wills to circumcise your heart. And only through the righteousness of God can your heart be circumcised. And what you believe about God in the cross will help circumcise your heart that you can participate wholly in the sanctification process. You can't be in the sanctification process of God without a changed heart. Because you're still coming with your own endeavors, your own imagination. Go ahead, read. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no longer stubborn. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. You can't bribe God. Amen. See, when you come with your own endeavors, that's what you're coming with. You come with your bribe. Look at me. Here I am. Save me. I did. I did what I thought I should do. That's the best I can do. But it's not good enough. And you're not good enough. It's not my not good enough. So for those who come in and try to compare, contrast our goodness to one another, we all are falling short of the glory of God every day. So I can't compare my righteousness to your righteousness. Do you know there's people who actually set up a false righteousness like this? This is how it goes. What I, what I want to do it's not as bad as what I'm doing, so it's okay. Now, did did y'all catch that? What I want to do is better. I'm going to use some bad English. It's better than what I'm doing. So what I'm doing, it may be bad, but it's better than what I'm thinking about. What's wrong with that logic? The logic is it's still bad. You measure it out. God call it sin. That's self-righteousness. Go to Isaiah 61 and 10. You might not have that either, though. Go to Isaiah 61 and 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. With a what of righteousness? A robe of righteousness with the garment of salvation. Who did it? I did it. No, he did it. My endeavors can't get me the robe of righteousness. Can't get me the garment of salvation. In 2 Timothy, it talks about the crown of righteousness. See, see, all this is given in the body of Christ once you drop what you value and start valuing what he values. See, I don't value my righteousness, my role, my prestige, my ability. I value his holiness. And because God is holy, guess what? I can be. How can I be? 
in Christ Jesus. See, the problem with us is that we still try to bring to Christ what he ain't asking for. He's looking for a broken heart and a contrite spirit. It's in the contrition of our weakness that Paul said, I can boast in the fact that when I'm weak, he is strong. When I'm able to cut through all the minutia of my self-esteem, I can humble myself before God. Because God, I can't get where I want to go by myself. I can't get where I want to go without you. Unless you give me the heart, give me the robe, give me the crown. No matter what I do, I'll never earn it because it's too lofty of a thing for me to earn. It has to be given to me. Well, why is it given to me? Lord, it's not given to me because of me. It's given to me because of you. But why is it given because of me? Because you promised. You promised that if I believe in you and your resurrection, I can be saved. And once I'm saved, I get all that other stuff. <laughs> well, what if I'm not as, as supposed and righteous as the next person? Don't you worry about that next person because guess what? They ain't as righteous as they think. I have to cover them with grace, even more grace, because they're still working on self-righteousness. But you come in broken and I can build you up. That's why he said he chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. He chooses the unrighteous to make them righteous. <laughs> Self-righteousness gives you nothing when it comes to the value of God. Only the unrighteous who believe in his resurrection gives us the salvation of our soul. And then we begin on the sanctification process with God, showing us the beauty of what he's given us. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the fact that you are able to keep us and show us your righteousness. Lord, we thank you that you showed us that our endeavors, just like the Israelites, we must not say and brag upon our ability to come to you, but through your son, Jesus Christ, who was raised from the dead, who Paul has understood that there's power in the resurrection, that by any means necessary, by faith, he will trust in God, even though the road may be arduous, oh, Father God, even though we may be tempted to, to do something for uh, and show something and, and use that instead of faith, oh, Father God. Teach us how to trust in the faith that you've given us, which is also a gift. Lord, for those who believe, we have been edified. And for those who don't believe who are listening, we pray between your pride and your despair, you ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Believe upon the Lord Jesus and what he did at the cross, not knowing that through God's forbearance and patience, don't you know that the goodness of God should lead us to repentance? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in around the world. I hope that this message has been a blessing to you. We always want you to be encouraged, blessed, and at peace. Always remember what? Walk in truth. Thank you for listening to the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. If this message has been a blessing to you, consider donating on your favorite platform. You can donate by looking in the description box and picking your favorite platform of choice, Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal. Continue listening. And your prayers are needed, welcomed, and appreciated. We worship at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ Building, located at 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri 63114. Times of Worship, 8.30 on Sunday, Bible study 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesday. 
All are welcome and thank you for considering us as your place of worship.